The previous Mishnah discussed the laws of Yichud, which refers to the prohibition of a man being alone with a woman, or even two women, because we are concerned that they may come to have relations because of the big gate Sahara involved and the severity of the prohibition of having forbidden relations. So there are laws such as Yichud which make sure that one doesn't come even near to possibly violating such severe prohibitions. And we learned that Mid-Oraisa Yichud is a prohibition, but only with one's relatives who, if one would have relations with them, they would be liable to the punishment of Kores. Mid-Jabonon, they extended that prohibition of Yichud to really include any women, as we learnt in the previous Mishnah. The next Mishnah and a half discuss other distances which should be made between men and women. And the Mishnah says, A man who has never been married before should not teach young children because the young children's mothers would come and take them to school and it would sometimes be quite a distance outside of the main city. And this is a problem to have on a daily basis, this man who has never been married before, coming into contact with many women. Similarly, a woman shouldn't teach young children out of concern that the fathers or the brothers of the young children might come and take their children to school, and again, they would need to have contact with these teachers. They might end up being alone and having yichud together. And this is another example of a break precaution made in this area of very severe prohibition. Rebeleza says, Even somebody who doesn't have a wife shouldn't teach young children. Meaning, even according to Rebeleza, even if he's been married before, or even if he's currently married but his wife is abroad or something like that, even then there's a, there's a concern for a man to teach the young children because of the contact they'll have to have with the mothers. So only a man who is currently married and is, who's living with his wife, only for him would it be appropriate to teach young children. Mr. Yodalad found mission of the Masechta. Rabbi Huda says another precaution, which is a bigger precaution, is that a man who has never been married before cannot be a shepherd for animals because he'll be alone with the animals and there is a concern according to Rabbi Huda that because he's never been married before and never had relations before, if he is alone for a long time with the animals, he might come to be tempted to lie down with them, to have relations. And in addition, says, It's forbidden for two men who have never been married before to sleep in one cloak, in one garment, because Rabbi Huda is concerned that they might be tempted to have relations together. Even though these sort of desires and temptations are far less common, when it comes to somebody who's never had relations before, Rabbi Yehuda is concerned even for this. However, the Chachom permit it because this is highly unusual, and we don't suspect somebody of coming to be tempted to violate those prohibitions of having relations with an animal or with another man. Anybody whose trade, whose job, whose day-to-day activities require him to be with women, should never be alone with women, even if it's more than two women. Even though, in general, the prohibition of Yichud applies only to a maximum of two women with one man, but if there would be three women there, then it would be permitted for him to be there. He won't come to have relations with one of them in front of another two women. However, if he is with women very often, then it is forbidden for him to have Yichud even with a number of women. He's more friendly with the women who he works with, he feels more comfortable with them, and he might even come to have relations even if there are more than two women there. And the Mishnah says, A man should not teach his son a trade which requires him to be amongst the women very often. 
Because again, at the end of the day, everybody has Yetzirah, and there is more of a chance that somebody might come to violate prohibitions in this area if every day he is in contact with other women. And because of this statement of the Mishnah, the man, that now the rest of the Mishnah goes quite sidetracked to discuss jobs and trades which one might have. A man should always teach his son a trade. What type of trade? A clean and honest trade, which is easy as well. Not something which could lead him into situations where he's likely to lie. Not something which takes too much work and takes him away from his learning of Torah. And the Mishnah adds on very importantly, And you should daven to the one who is the master of all wealth and possessions, i.e. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem, and you won't need to end up working with lots of effort. There's no trade in the world which doesn't have both poverty and wealth. Whatever job you find, there are those who who involve themselves in that and are poor, and there are those who involve themselves in that and are wealthy. Why is that? Because Because neither poverty nor wealth comes from the job itself. Rather, it is all according to one's merit. Whatever one's lot is in life, and if he merits more by keeping Torah and mitzvahs, then Hashem will send him what he needs. Have you ever seen in your life a wild animal or a bird who has a trade, who has an occupation? Rather, they are supported without any difficulty, without any trouble. They receive all of their food very easily. And surely they were not created except for to serve me. The main purpose of creation was, of course, for the human being. And the animals are there to serve for the... one of, At least one of the main purposes of the animals is to serve for the benefit of the people. Vani and I, as being a human being, I was created in order to serve my creator. To do Avodah Hashem, to serve Hashem. In a dinch and his friends, so bizarre. Is it not all the more so? Does it not make sense that I should be supported without this difficulty? Why is it that we find it so difficult to make a living and we have to spend so much time doing it? And we can't just concentrate on serving Hashem. Rather, it must be because I have made my ways wicked. I have sinned. And I have cut away my sustenance. Meaning, if I wouldn't have sinned, and some explain this to go back to other Mauritians' sin, but this is also referring to each individual. Were it not for one's sins, then Hashem would send him what he needs. He would be able to serve Hashem and learn Torah without difficulty. But because of a person's lack of faith and his other sins, he doesn't necessarily merit that direct providing by Hashem of all of his needs. Abu Gurion ish Tzaydon, Abu Gurion, Abu Gurion, the man of Tzaydon. Said in the name of Abu Guriyah, a person should not teach his son the following trades. Chamar, to be a donkey driver. The gamal, or a camel driver, these people would be on long journeys. And the animals might eat some of the produce of other people's fields. And also they're far away from the people who are hiring them, perhaps. So they won't necessarily be so careful to do their job exactly as it needs to be done. Sapar, the Gemara actually says it shouldn't say Sapar. The Gemara's version is Kadar, which refers to somebody who makes earthenware, makes utensils like pots, and he travels a lot to sell his wares. So again, he's also traveling a lot. And Sapon, a sailor, Raya, a shepherd, Vachenveni, or a shopkeeper... Because all of these trades are trades of thieves. It's very easy for the person involved 
to deceive somebody, to lie or to or not to fulfill his job properly, so to be stealing from the person employing him. And so one shouldn't teach his son trades like this, which could lead him into violating certain prohibitions. Rabbi Huda said in the name of Abu Guria, Hachamorin, donkey drivers, Ruben Rishoyim, most of them are wicked. For a similar reason as we said until now, the animals would often eat from other people's fields, and the dishonesty involved in their jobs meant that they were wicked vagamolin. However, do- uh, camel drivers who went on longer journeys and in more dangerous places through deserts because of the fear involved, they would subdue themselves to Hashem, they would daven to Hashem, they would improve their ways because of the dangerous situations which they came across. And therefore, Ruban Kesherian, most of them are righteous. Hasaponin, sailors, people who go and voyage in the sea, which is even more dangerous, Ruban Hasidim, most of them are even greater. They are extra pious and righteous because they are led to fear Hashem. And he adds that the best of the doctors, the Gehenim, ends up going to Gehenim because of the serious responsibility involved in what he does and usually not exactly filling his role as need be. And when he doesn't fulfill what he needs to do, there are very severe consequences. If he is not 100% careful, he can lead to somebody's death. And also ends up having less faith in Hashem, thinking that he is the one healing the person, even though, of course, it's only Hashem who is ever healing anybody. All right? And the and the most righteous of slaughterers, those who slaughter animals, Shutovish al-Amolik, is the partner of Amolik, meaning one who constantly slaughters animals that can lead to him having a more cruel nature. All right, continues the Mishra, Rabbi Nehiroi says, Rabbi is now the name for a mayor. And even though Rabbi Meir early on in this Mishnah talked about teaching one's son a trade, now Rabbi Meir, who is called Rabbi Nehiroi here, says that I'm going to leave behind any trade, any occupation in the world, I'm going to leave, and I'm only going to teach my son Torah. Because some, a man eats from the reward of Torah in this world. Somebody who lives a life of Torah, it is totally clear that he's not just going to get reward in the next world, but his entire life in this world becomes more enjoyable. He has closeness to Hashem in this world. Those who live a real life of Torah, it is totally clear to see that they have this world much more than anybody else. Their Olam Hazza is the best Olam Hazza, not just their Olam Haba. And that is part of the reward of Torah, the Hakeren, but the actual real reward for what he did by learning Torah, Kayemus Olam Haba, that remains for Olam Haba, where he will receive his true reward over there. But all other occupations are not like that. When a person comes to being ill, becoming old, or he has other sufferings, other hardships, and because of that, he is not able to be involved in his job anymore. He'll then die from hunger, meaning he is limited to him being physically healthy to continue doing his job. But Torah is not like that. Rather, Torah guards a person from any bad whilst he is young. And it gives him longevity and good hope in his old age. Regarding somebody who is young and involved in Torah, what does the Pesach say? And those who put their hope in Hashem will gain renewed strength. When they put in all of their effort and they come to the maximum which they can do, then Hashem will renew their strength and they'll be able to go more and grow more and learn more Torah and become closer to Hashem. And what does the Pesach say regarding somebody who is old and who is involved in Torah and chose to live a life of Torah? They will still 
will grow fruit in their old age, and it's one of the clearest things to see. People who live a real life of Torah and those who don't, when one gets towards the end of their life, that's where it becomes so, so clear and vivid, the difference between those who lived the life of Torah and mitzvahs and closest to Hashem, and those who lived more of a physical life, and as their physical health goes down, so their old age is an entire different story to what somebody who lived the real life of Torah's old age will be. It's very interesting to note that it's specifically Rabbi Meir, who at the beginning of this Mishnah talked about having a trade, now he's talking about teaching his son only Torah. So that means that it's not necessarily that every single person, when he's educating their child, should do it in exactly the same way. For some people, the correct thing would be to educate the child with a trade. Again, the trade which Rabbi Meir talked about is a trade which is relatively easy, and therefore doesn't take off too much time from his Torah learning and living a life of closest to Hashem. But he teaches him a trade. Rabbi Neroi felt that for his son, who was able to just learn Torah, so he only taught him Torah, and ends off the Masechta, and similarly, the Pasuk says regarding Avraham Avinu, that Avraham Zokain and Avraham was old, and Hashem blessed Avraham with everything. We see that in Avraham's old age, he had a old age of blessing, because he lived a life full of closeness to Hashem. And the Mishnah adds that we find that Avraham Avinu kept the entire Torah before it was given. As the Pasuk says, because Avraham listened to my voice, and he guarded, he kept my commandments, my mitzvahs and my laws, and as a result, and a part of the reward for him keeping Torah was that his end, the end of his life, and even in the end of his life, he had a life full of blessing and good because of all of the Torah which he learnt and the closeness which he achieved to Hashem throughout his life. Solik Maseches Kedushin Hadron Aloch Seder Noshim Mazel Tov Mazel Tov Mazel Tov.